KMOX News. Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday. It's a good day, and we are in some decent weather times in the University of KMOXville, right here in St. Louis, middle of the country, middle of the dial. Scott Mosby here, two full hours today. Stay tuned. We've got a lot of things to talk about, many of them that are pertinent to you about keeping track of our homes, our home safety, the health of the occupants, you and I. How do we keep ourselves healthy and supported by this house? Or we don't really pay attention to the house. Sometimes its lack of care turns into a health problem for us. Little things like changing and cleaning your furnace filters, uh, water filters. If you have a wonderful water filter, it's a wonderful thing. However, you've got to change those filter cartridges, whether it's the filter part for particulate, meaning sand and grit and stuff that comes in, or whether this is a carbon filter for taking out some of the uh, uh, chemicals and toxins that come in through that water. All of those things are pertinent to you, so having a nicer something like a water filter ups and raises our level of of maintenance, the things that we have to do. Phone lines open for you here. My name is Scott Mosby. I will answer the phone 314-436-7900. Uh, actually, Gary, my producer, will answer the phone. We'll put him on, uh, on uh, the air with you and I, and together we'll discuss whatever is your topic for today. 314-436-7900. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. I've been on here for, uh, gosh, I know officially more than 25 years, but I was on two years beyond that. I've been around 27 years on CAMWAX. I enjoy sharing whatever information, experience, and uh, tips that I can with you, and we can talk about it here on the phone, on the air, 314-436-7900. Lots of things happening. We've had some uh, interesting weather over the last uh, summer months here, and wowzer, did we get into some heat? Um, Golly, if you don't think we invented close, you know, the concept of high humidity, high temperature, yeah, well, that's the one. Uh, 314-436-7900. I've got a caller that's been waiting. Let's get right to the phone calls. Scott Mosby here on the air. Jim, good morning. Welcome to KMWX. How can I help you, my friend? My friend. Hey, good morning, Scott. We're going to have a new roof put on next month, and the name of the uh, material is Landmark Designer Shingles. What's your opinion? Oh, it's a good shingle. Uh, frankly, it's a CertainTeed product. CertainTeed's a good company. Um, uh, there are opportunities. It's a 30-year shingle, laminated or architectural, as I call it. Uh, some might call it a dimensional shingle. So instead of just one flat three-tab shingle, it, it, it an architectural shingle like this has become pretty much the standard. Everybody's putting on a standard 30-year roof. Uh, there is a thicker version of that shingle that's called, I think, the Pro or something like that, and uh, it it takes you from 30 years up to, you know, they claim it, you know, 40 years, 50 years. The point being that when you laminate or have a dimensional shingle, architectural shingle like this, they're taking one flat substrate like a three-tab, and then they layer additional material 
um, layers on top of it. So you wind up with a thicker, heavier shingle. And by definition, you just have more protection up there in terms of, uh, oh, hail damage and things like that. It's just a thick, it's like a thicker floor. It's a thicker roof and it lasts longer. Uh, so there are options. If you're in a place where you have... Uh, uh, tree limbs that come down, uh, a lot of uh, things that damage the roof, uh, high hail. Uh, you could consider that heavier pro or professional shingle, but I, I like them. Uh, keep in mind that that contractor, uh, if they are a certified Certainteed contractor and they use the uh, Certainteed brands, you know, substrate like the felt or the underlayment material, sometimes you can really get a pretty dandy. Uh, bump up in warranty by using one of their cert certainty uh, qualified contractors or certified and then using them all, all of their products on your roof yeah i say it's a two-piece laminated fiberglass based construction so uh yeah and it's and it's 30 years warranty, and I'm 80 years old, so I ain't going to worry about it anymore after 30 years, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, pick a good contractor, too, because, uh, you know, a monkey putting in uh, high-quality material can sure mess up a roof. So, again, you know, or a really good roofer nailing up bad shingles can still keep the rain out. So uh, if you get a good contractor and a good product, boy, howdy, you're, you're doing good then, Jim. Am I allowed to give you the name of the contractor? I'd prefer not. Uh, uh, if you okay. would give it uh, after we hang up here, uh, just give it to my producer Gary, and and uh, I'll I'll know from that. But okay, it, hey, that's a relief. At least I know it's a good shingle going on. Well, it, frankly, good contractors use good shingles. You know, if I'm trying to look cheap and just get the job, then, you know, I get a sleazy shingle. I propose a sleazy shingle. I don't have to worry about the warrant, you know. So, again, but, you know, I, I, I can sell you easy because it's a cheap price. Well, you know, the tougher uh, sell is really good quality product, good quality contractor. It's going to cost more, and, you know, you're going to get more. So, again, it's uh, uh, the cheap bad stuff is the easiest one to sell to a uh um a eager uh consumer how's that so i, I okay. like that you're using the good shingles all right i'll if you, well, i'll just hang on after you hang up and i'll get a hold of your producer is that how it works yeah just just don't hang up here hang on and uh we'll move on and well i'll put you on hold instead of hang up how's that hey thank you sir all right take care have good. a good labor day brother hey you too jim thank you so much i appreciate it Thank you. All right. All right. Hold on. Uh, well, thank you for, uh, frankly, bringing up. It, it is the Labor Day weekend, three-day weekend. Um, and, frankly, uh, all the people that make the wheels turn and the world work, uh, you know, I go to the grocery store and somebody's stocking those shelves for me, usually in the middle of the night. Um, and, frankly, then there's somebody on a supply truck that's delivering to that grocery store so the stock can be put on the, you know, all all those things that went haywire during the pandemic was, uh, you know, kind of a testament to the labor or the people that work to make our world turn. Uh, you know, gosh, I drive down the street and there's a pothole or expansion joint or some street repair necessary. Somebody's fixing that. And generally they're fixing it when it's, you know, kind of hot and sunny and, you know, uh, humid, uncomfortable, those sorts of things. So just keep in mind, you know, there's good bit of uh, gratitude for the people that 
make things work. You know, I get in my car, I turn the key. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. When it doesn't, I've got to take it to the mechanic and have somebody do some of their magic to it. So for all the people that, um, you know, make the world move and turn, and, you know, especially for, you know, the veterans and first responders, fire and police that, uh, you know, keep the bad guys and the wolves at bay and, you know, my house from you know, burning down all those things. So I'm, I'm grateful to that. I'm grateful to the people at Mosby Building Arts that I work with. Uh, that's a cadre of people that really put out. I mean, you have, you know, walk a mile in my shoes. You really don't know, um, you know, how tough it is, you know, on a late afternoon day when it's two or three o'clock in the afternoon in the direct sun and it's 92 degrees and 90% humidity and you gotta have to keep your head around you, you know, to finish up the quality and the product of that job. Uh, so again, to the people that put out that extra effort, just to, um, you know, make it happen. Uh, my gratitude to all of all of you, and uh, all of you listening as well. Three one four four three six seven nine hundred. Three one four four three six seven nine hundred. And we'll be right back for more after this. I'll take a short pause right here on KMOX. All right, good Saturday morning to you. Welcome again to the CamWax Home Improvement Show. Scott Mosby at your service. We are starting out talking about roofs, and it's that time of year, I guess, getting ready for old man winter in the last part of the summer. Uh, let's go talk with my friend Ken. Ken, good morning. Welcome to CamWax. How can I help? Yes, uh, I'm getting a new roof. This will be my second roof. The house is 25 years old. So the first roof did not have ridge vents. Um, The second roof has ridge vents now. So because of wind and hail damage, this is going to be my third roof. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the roof, I had four different roofing companies come out and give me estimates. Uh, One of the roofers said that um, the gables, uh, vents on the side of the house and the garage said that I really didn't need those because of the airflow. And there are uh, two, I guess, box vents yeah. on the yeah. back of the house. Every one of the roofers said, take those off and we'll we'll plug those and get rid of them. Um, my question is, is the gable on the side of the house and the garage. Do I need to keep those or block them or just leave them alone? Uh, Ken, do you have low intake like soffit vents? Where does the air come into your yes, attic? I, yes, I do. So you've got overhang. So your air comes in low and then exhausts either through the end vents or the, rid, or the uh, gable ends? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, uh, and I... I have uh, ridge vents now, and I'm going to get new ridge vents also. Great. Um, if you have low intake, um, which is optimal, uh, the concept of attic ventilation is to inhale or take the air in at the gutter line, at the you know the edge, the soffit, the overhang, and that's the low air. And then as it rises up the roof uh, sheathing, it tends to move right underneath your roof shingles and then it exhausts and escapes either out the pan vent the gable end vent or the ridge vent whatever the the high stuff is the easy thing the valuable part 
that helped me answer this question is, yes, you have low intake. If that's the case, uh, you have to uh, block at least those gable end vents though, because that the air will be a pathway of least resistance. Your ridge vent right now uh, and those gable end vents, where those gable end vents are, the air comes in the gable end vent, rises a, f- a foot or two feet, and then escapes out your ridge vent without drawing a suction to, to inhale and draw that air in down by your gutters. So you're, you're um, negating good ventilation by having both a ridge vent and the end gable. So I, I love the ridge vent. I like where you're going with that. I agree. Take the pan vent or those box vents out. Uh, they're not necessary. But I would uh, ask the roofer to do a calculation on the on the free airspace FAS. So ridge vent will have an F dot a dot S, and it means free airspace or how much real air, how much the holes all add up to to let the air out. And you want about 60% of that ventilation down low because uh, that's the most important part. So you may not have enough um, soffit and overhang vent area, free airspace there. Um, and, and that's the optimal part is having more down low. Uh, less up above, uh, but do either block off the inside of those gable vents or uh, remove them with siding or, you know, whatever more permanent one. But but gable or, or ridge vents are going to be, you know, pretty much stay in the future. So uh, getting rid of those gable end vents uh, is a thing uh, to do or block them. Sometimes visually they look pretty funny when you have you know, all siding all the way up to the ridge. So you have to make the judgment yourself. What do I want those gables to look like on my house? I think I would just, can I just block the gables on the inside of the house with plastic or, or plastic and then maybe some wood? Uh, because on the outside, there's a white uh, vent that looks nice and everybody in the subdivision has them um so i'd like to keep those on yes yes now um there's more to blocking those than just nailing up plywood because wind will still blow through that in a windstorm so there's some flashing yes you can nail plywood over it but at the bottom of that plywood and the bottom of that vent you've got to have something that spits or kicks the water to the exterior through that bottom uh, grill on that gable and vent. So pay particular attention to uh, if you have driving wind blowing, wind, blowing water through that gable and vent, you really, you know, if you're going to abandon this thing forever, then do it right, block it, and also make sure you waterproof it and that allow, uh, and by allowing that water to escape out the bottom of that, uh, of that flange. Okay. Um maybe some uh i'm a sheet metal worker so maybe oh, some uh you're some metal <laughs> you're exactly the man <laughs> amen <laughs> anything you understand you know, if you understand what you're trying to do you have all the skills necessary to do this okay um i noticed that some of the ridge vents um like on my house it stops about a foot or a foot and a half away from the edge of the house and my neighbor got 
a new roof and his ridge vent goes all the way to the very edge. Yes. Um, so should I ask? Yeah. Okay. Have that conversation because that last foot, there's no ventilation to be had there. So that's why some of them stop it short and some run it all the way to the edge. Uh, I like them running to the edge. I like a consistent um, roof line. So that ridge line going end to end, I prefer it all the way to the edge. Sometimes it's a little bit of a handful. takes a little effort for them to properly secure it because, uh, anyway, yeah. But have that conversation that, with the roofer. Is that just for appearance? Uh, when it goes yeah. all the way to yeah. the edge? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. For example, all on right. this, can, all they do, they cut a slot in the top of your roof, like two inches on one side of the ridge um, board. And, and that, so they literally cut a big strip down the center of your roof to let the air out. And then this is like a cupola. Ridge vent is nothing more than a nail on top cupola with a low profile. The thing is, is in the last foot, they don't cut that slot because there's no attic below it. So some roofers just stop it at that ventilation end, and some run it out to the uh, far end for just aesthetics. And, and I like it on, on the aesthetics. And, and frankly, the roofer that brought up this gable end vent uh, seems to understand pretty well uh, roof venting. So I, I have a bias towards that knowledge, if you will. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. I listen to you every week. All right, Ken. Hey, thanks a lot uh, for all you do for all the people and uh, keeping our world running. Thank you. All right. Take care. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, Gable Gable End Vents. Uh, If you think about this, so uh, air will come in through the path of least resistance. Well, those gable end vents are big holes in the side of the house. Well, that air comes right into the attic, and it gets sucked right out the ridge vent. Well, that means that the top two feet of your attic is going to be super ventilated, and everything down below will not be. So that's why it's important. One of the first things uh, that we learned when ridge venting came out was blocking those gable end vents and be very intentional with where you're trying to force that air travel to be, Uh, you know, where it comes from and where it goes. Uh, Next up, let's talk to Barb. Hey, Barb, Scott Mosby here. Happy Saturday to you. Happy Labor Day. How can I help you today? Barbie, you there? Uh oh. Okay. How about let's go? How about Joe? Hey, Joe, you there? How are you? Oh, I'm good, sir. How are you? Happy Labor Day, brother. Not too bad. Out here in the yard, walking around, looking at my roof. Your caller put up a good subject there. Let me uh, explain something here to you. I've got a hip roof, Uh therefore I don't have a ridge vent. Right. I've got. probably five vent assemblies that are attached to the roof to vent the attic. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, I had uh, soffits and uh, fascia added on some years ago, yeah. but the uh, soffits, I don't see any vent pieces in there that will allow the air to get up into the attic. Have I got a problem? Yeah, you do, especially on a hip roof. Uh, with a hip roof, you have a whole lot of overhang. You have a lot. You have four sides of potential inlet. Well, that's the most important air source is down low. The pans up top are good, um, but uh, if you have you know soffit, uh, you know metal, 
and it's not perforated, or it's perforated, but they didn't cut the hole in the plywood behind it on the old uh, soffit material before, yeah. then you're missing a big opportunity for really good ventilation, Joe, because, you know, 60% of that intake has to come from down low. And if you, and you've got way more intake than you have exhaust. So Yeah, I recall before we had uh, the soffits added on that the builder had uh, pieces in that soffit area around the house that allow for ventilation to, you know, get up into the attic. And I never thought about this, but... Now that I heard your caller and your explanation, I'm saying, I think my company that put the soffits on messed up because I don't see any vent openings allowing air to transport itself up into the attic area. Yeah, that's that's a perfect example of uh, doing my job and disregarding the other uh, functions and systems on a house. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, okay, that, so that. that means I got to go do. I got to contact that company and tell them that they didn't properly service the uh, soffits and when they added the uh, soffit coverings on. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I'll follow up on that. I got another question for you. It has to do with my irrigation system. Yes, sir. My irrigation system had been operating fine until this year. I'm standing outside, so traffic is running by, <laughs> and my neighbor's dog is barking. <laughs> anyway. Um, my second problem has to do with my irrigation system. Lately, it started hammering as it cycles through from station to station. I've got eight stations with about four to five heads at each station, and it's intermittent. Sometimes it'll do it, and sometimes it won't. And when I'm talking about it, it gives a hammering sound. I had a irrigation out guy come out, and he said, well, it may be in the, um, the backflow yeah. assembly. Yeah. But he wasn't sure. Do you have any idea what may be causing the hammering? Yeah, you have two choices, oh, and they're both the same. So in your backflow preventer, it is a spring that uh, pushes and um, prevents the water from going backwards. So anything from your irrigation system entering the potable water system and getting back into your neighbor, you know, bad stuff. Um, so that spring could be weak, or it could be any or one of the valves in your irrigation, because all those valves uh, have springs that uh, close the valve. So when they get electrified, then the magnetic um, valve it, it open the magnet opens the valve, so uh-huh. they're electronic. And when that spring gets tired, um, the the spring it doesn't fully close off your um, irrigation valve so you're in trouble because you've got you know however many stations you have so you could have a valve on each one of those stations uh, that's right. doing this and your backflow preventer and don't uh, don't rule out both because I've been through this where you know I changed one or two fluttering valves and the sound went away and lo and behold the backflow preventer you know had to be rebuilt and typically the St. Louis County requires your valve to be tested and rebuilt every se- you know several years so um uh-huh. it's a pricey deal to you know have somebody come in and rebuild that backflow preventer though yeah my irrigation uh repairman indicated that uh he would have to come out and put in some sort of a spring loaded uh yeah. valve to the irrigation system and uh, that would resolve the problem, but he wasn't sure. 
Apparently, there's been several uh, similar cases here in the uh, local area with that. But it was also uh, indicated that with the advent of this new construction, that uh, new construction site that we have going up here, Jason, to us, that it's affecting our water pressure. Yes, it does. And and particulate, you know, when they break in and they do, they add on a new water line or a new subdivision, you know, they're knocking around with all that lime deposit inside the water mains, too. So, you yeah. know, you get a little bit of sand or grit in that backflow preventer or one of your irrigation valves. So it sounds like the, probably the best thing to do is just replace the uh, backflow valve. It's been yes. in place for about 24 years. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I'd have that conversation with your irrigation guy because, uh, um, yeah, they they don't last forever, and they do get tired just like you and I. <laughs> yeah, I get there. I get there. Well, hey, listen, Scott. I appreciate your service and happy weekend to you. All right, thank you, Joe. Take care. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye now. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Let's take a short pause and go for a break here on University of KMOX. All right, back together, home improvement. Scott Mosby at the helm. It is live and lively today, as Mike Miller of the Garden Hotline likes to say. Uh, let's go to our uh, friend here. Let's talk to Roger. Hey, Roger, good morning. Welcome to KMOX, my friend. Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, a gentleman called me, and uh, he didn't need the bathroom to open on and a few more other things done. Okay. Now, I'm, I got the same problem. Uh, I've had a stroke. I'm not able to do any work. And I was, and you told me you need the, didn't need a contractor, but you need a handyman. Can, yes, sir. Can you, tell, can you tell me the address and phone number that you gave for the handyman? How do you get a handyman? Uh, handymen are hard. Uh, typically, um, I look in the city newspaper or the local newspaper on uh, the the uh, they have handy. Uh, for example, each neighborhood, um, South County Times, West County Journal, uh, Webster Kirkwood Journal, all the various local neighborhoods, north, south, east, west, have in there in the back, like kind of the you know back where the in the ads. And typically, okay. that's the place to find a handyman. Um, so that's, yeah, I, I understand with a stroke, life changes, doesn't it? Okay. Okay, Roger. Good luck, uh, friend. Uh, and let's see what's cooking with Barb. Hey, Barb, good morning. Welcome, Cam Wax. How can I help? Oh, pardon me. My mistake. Uh, uh, well, I'll tell you what. Um, in terms of attic ventilation, we've been talking about that. Uh, just be aware that for those of you buying roofs, uh, roof and ventilation, as Joe kind of pointed out, uh, you know, he has a hip roof, so that's a four-sided slope. You know, doesn't really have any gables. It's all roof shingles. But you t- if he has an overhang, he had ventilation when the house was built. But when he had soffit and fascia, aluminum or vinyl, covering over that so he doesn't so it's more maintenance free he doesn't have to paint anymore they put in solid vent panels or solid soffit panels which stop or slow down the amount of ventilation that joe gets so of all the roof styles a gable being a two sloped roof that has the triangles on the end you get a hip roof in there with four slopes all the way around most of what he has is low which is great 
So uh, those pan vents that can go up, and you can put a little ridge vent on a hip roof. It's just kind of un, unattractive because there's just not enough of it, and you can't. So it doesn't really work. So you have to add in these pan vents or those metal box things that have been referred to today. So the point is, you get 60% from the bottom intake and 40% from the top. Uh, so that's the part that matters. Um, also, as it gets <clears throat> to Roger's question on handyman, <clears throat> excuse me here, um, it's important to get, you know, like doorknobs adjusted, uh, deadbolts adjusted, simple things like that. Make sure your doors and windows move freely, maybe get a little lubrication on them, that sort of thing. So it's important um, that, you know, these little things around the house, if you're handy, like Roger was, uh, but he's been hit by a stroke, so that ability or, you know, whatever that motor skill is to adjust those things goes away. Now he's dependent on somebody else. So, uh, you know, those handymen actually are uh, pretty much in demand. Uh, we have a lot of retired folks that are pretty handy, and, you know, they don't necessarily want to just uh, stop working, so they retire, and then they typically do handyman work so that's an issue uh, so I like the uh, neighborhood like suburban journals has you know handyman back there uh, Webster Kirkwood Times likewise you know in in my area so I'm, I'm familiar with those um, the issue is um, make sure you make the list whether and and how to manage a tradesman whether a handyman or not if you're going to bring somebody over to your house and you're going to pay them for these repairs, make a long list of things because getting them out sometimes is the hardest part of the whole thing. Uh, and if they come out prepared and they they know they're doing, you know, and you give them the list and say you're going to adjust some doorknobs, I need you to, you know, adjust, you change a lock or whatever it is, change a light switch, that sort of thing. If they know what they're doing, they can, by phone, say, well, what color light switch, what what does it look like? So they can show up with materials that potentially save that, or they stop by. The reason that Handyman has gotten so expensive is is exactly that, the material procurement. Uh, you know, you get a guy there, and he comes, and he's just going to look at the the job. Well, it takes him an hour, hour and a half to figure out, make a material list, and go through and inspect the things. So then he goes to the hardware store, spends another hour and a half or two. He's got three, three and a half hours already into the job before he gets there. And then, you know, the doing the repairs, they tend to get pricey because of the trip to go get. You know, they're all doing these things. So that's why handyman has become such a difficult thing to get and a very expensive thing to buy. Um, you know, there's a shortage of people. But the point being that on doing a small repair for a house, over half of the time is spent away from the job site getting materials and you know running errands to go get the pieces and parts that necessary to get the stuff so that's why handyman is a tough thing uh, let's take a short pause and come back from no more on KMOX my name is Scott Mosby this is University of KMOX and I'll be right back this is the KMOX Home Improvement Show sponsored by Reinhold Flooring now Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX 
And indeed, we are back in live and lively. Phone lines are wide open for you, 314-436-7900. If you're looking for that time to call in and get your question answered, it is now, 314-436-7900. Put us together. Uh, as I've reported typically every week for the while, um, the lumber futures, which is my kind of what's the temperature of the construction industry because it's the supply and demand, it's the price of lumber for a 1,000 square or a thousand board feet so if you could have a, a board 12 inches wide one inch thick and a thousand feet long that would be 1000 board feet so uh, that's the the price and and lumber futures were at you know like 535 545 some months ago and it's moderated i noticed the other day it was about 508 and that was earlier this week and that was for a september delivery which is this month so it'll move out the point being that lumber futures are, are down not quite uh, as before the pandemic we're still in a there's still demand for lumber um, but it, it's not a hot market anymore uh, we're back down into a more affordable range that's one thing also preventive maintenance I know Joe was out taking a walk about in his house outdoors uh, keep in mind when you're looking for uh, things to do or you're uh, locked up inside a really hot day it's a great day, and especially before you go to bed, uh, the Ridex is a septic tank um, bacteria that, you know, the, when you get your tank pumped or you just dump the stuff down in the toilet. So, again, you've got uh, that um, uh, to put in your tank. So the Ridex is actually, I advocate you put it into your pipes, typically doing that, uh, you know, before you go to bed and I just take a tablespoon it's in for me I buy the powder form uh, from a previous caller here on KMOX uh, she had, she had that box and because of the high humidity in St. Louis there were bugs that were uh, growing in her Ridex so if you've got the the uh, non-liquid part of Ridex put it in a Ziploc bag per one of our listeners and it makes perfect sense all this stuff does is make the bacteria grow that digest solid um, uh, waste uh, let's go to the phone lines here and talk to Charlie here hey Charlie good morning welcome to KMOX how can I help yes good morning uh, I or yeah, it is morning. So, yeah. um, I had a question. I have a, a father-in-law who's a little handicapped. He's a walker, and he has like three steps going into uh, his door. The uh, the very last step into the door, uh, the rise is a little higher than yeah. the other two. So, I, uh, instead of trying to get a ramp put in and everything like that, uh, is there a cheaper way to maybe increase the uh, or help him get up the steps easier to that? door uh is there enough flat space there in front of the door to put a platform you know, if it's a nine inch rise you can put in a, a four and a half inch and then have another four and a half inch is there enough room to build a, a box for him to stand on uh no yeah. no there's no uh it's just like three concrete steps yeah um into a a, a doorway that's you know again like the last step i didn't measure it but i mean it's higher than the other ones yeah. And, um, you know, I've looked a little bit online of maybe other ways to build ramps or try to increase the steps so they're yeah. shorter for the rise to get to it. Yeah, I, I'm going to advocate for the ramp. There are aluminum portable ramps 
that you can get online. And, and frankly, the issue is if he's having trouble getting up one rise, even a tall one, then, you know, four months from now, it's going to be tougher yet. So uh, I think yeah. uh, I, I'd, I'd advise that you get ahead of your father-in-law. So if, if he needs that now, figure out what he's going to need in six months. And, and, and my answer and suggestion is go to the ramp. And there are nice uh, portable aluminum ones. They're a little pricey, but they're easy to put in. Um, and they're easy to take out. So, Okay. All right. Very good. I'll give that a try. Thank yeah. you. You bet, Charlie. Thanks for the help on your father-in-law, too. We're all going to need that help right. one day. Well, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Right on. Take care. Um, happy Labor Day to everybody. Likewise, uh, as we get into the mobility and, you know, Charlie helping his father-in-law, uh, just you and I, uh, f- those of us that are fully capable and mobile, you know, every year we get a little bit older, so fully capable and mobile is a little less than it was yesterday and a little less before the day before. The point being that thinking through things of accessibility uh, before we need it is a comfortable time uh, because, frankly, you know, uh, it, it's 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 tough for, you know, somebody that's on a walker to contact somebody and get a ramp put in and all that. So as we age, we turn to people younger than ourselves and our families typically, and that's who's caregiving or assisting. Uh, We may be capable on a walker, but just uh, think about lighting. Increase your light. Uh, Think about grab bars and handrails at that door. Uh, So having steps and a handrail is handy, but gosh, getting a ramp. And and sometimes something is better than nothing. Some of those aluminum ramps on three risers, you know, you could wind up with uh, following the quarter of an inch per foot or the actually one inch rise in, in 10 to 12 inches. So you you wind up with a long ramp anyway. Uh, phone lines are open, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. But think through things like that, uh, ramps, light switches, increased lighting, safety, uh, trimming back the bushes so the bad guys can't hide outside. You know, that's important. Outdoor lighting uh, for guests and as well. Think in terms of accessibility that uh, one thing very often um, missed is where will your guests park? Where will they get out of the car? And then how comfortable or safe is the front walk or steps or whatever coming up to that front door or back door? Uh, Fire egress, fire exits, uh, those are important as well. So if you think about people coming into the house, uh, the most important life is the one in the house and how to get out in an emergency, whether it's maybe an ambulance, uh, first responders coming to uh, answer a 911 call, whether that's police, fire, or ambulance. Everybody needs that size and space, the light, illumination, trim back those bushes and all the things like that. Uh, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900 puts us together. We're going to go to news, weather, and sports here in about a minute. The issue is uh, what's happening in uh, the shortage of labor. So if you think you need something six months from now, start now. 
because it'll take you several months to find somebody. That's the tough part of it. Uh, also, as uh, we get around here to baseball, Cardinal baseball, a little bit more fun. I know it's a fun topic. I'll, I'll get into the fun things here. But we have Cardinal baseball. Pre-game show is 520 today. Uh, uh, game time is 615. Right after this show at 1 o'clock, your retirement professionals. 2 p.m., as you heard earlier, the business of family business, the story of Dave Sinclair Auto Dealers. And there's an old old voice. Uh, remember Dave Sinclair on TV? That was kind of fun. Anyway, give us a call for the next hour, 314-436-7900. My name is Scott Mosby. Been on here for a long time, and we will have an interesting second hour as we get forward, and we talk about all things around safety and health, first responders, happy Labor Day, uh, go bur- burn something on the Barbie. Scott Mosby, be back for hour two. <laughs> 